0: Join now and you'll see why 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All access membership separate. Offer ends January 8th, 2023. Excludes Bike, Bike Plus, and Tret Basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.
1: Welcome back into the podcast. Zach is back, and our segment from last year is back, Bear Sadness, it has returned very early on in week two. Uh, the, the the Bears played Sunday night football for the world to see uh, versus the Green Bay Packers in Green Bay. Um, Aaron Rodgers once told All Chicago that he owns them, and he collected the rent on Sunday. And prove that he still owns the Bears. Uh, but Zach is back to discuss the Chicago Bears and the Green Bay Packers. Zach, we were optimistic, but sadly, we were wrong. We were very wrong.
0: Yeah, I think uh, all the problems that came out that I kind of, I think, worried us a little bit in the San Francisco contest, at least that early on they did poorly kind of conceded to be what was the major issues throughout this game, which was they just couldn't get drives consistently going when it mattered. Um, passing game was still very, very just dull. Um, something that I think is going to be some a, th- a piece that you're going to have to be watching throughout the season. And quite frankly, something that I didn't think we would see this poorly played, run defense was atrocious. And I mean, it was to the level that, you know, sure. First half in, against San Fran, they gave up some runs. They got j- jabbed, but they could do nothing. It was it was endlessly Aaron Jones gashing for seven to eight yards a pop. Even AJ Dillon having his own takes on it. You know, Rogers did throw two TDs, but they got there through running just down their throat. The front seven had nothing they could do. And even when they loaded the box, like you'd see times Brisker gets gets totally played off of. Uh, Eddie Jackson was playing decent. Roquan Smith got hammered hard by Chicago media for his play. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was it. They just they just did Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon. They just stuffed run game down our throats all evening, and they got 27 points out of it, even with mistakes.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers said coming into the week that they would look to run the ball more. Um I always listen to him on the Pat McAfee show, and he even said it. He goes, well, we only gave them the ball – we only had 18 rushes. So he even said, we are going to look to run the football, and by God, they did. And like you said, the Bears are not known for giving up big runs like that consistently. You'll mm-hmm. get one on them every so often in a game, but you're just consistently, here's this run, here's this run, and you have four D linemen up there not doing what they did against San Fran because we talked about San Fran – the Bears bent, but didn't break. Trey Lance never broke them. And Aaron Rodgers will break you. <laughs> if, you if you're if you giving up all the cushion, he's going to find a way to break you. Because um, it took him a while to score that first drive for Green Bay. So I thought, okay, you know, we only gave up three points to a field goal there at the beginning. And I was like, okay, okay, that's a win. It's a win for the defense. Then we come out and we march down the field. And we looked great. We were pushing them around everybody looked confident and then it, then it just 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 dropped you know yeah that run game started to take over that that you were talking about for the packers um i didn't realize until after the game that aaron jones had like 130 yards he ended up with 132 like mm-hmm. if that's gonna happen to the bears they're in for a long year with dylan chopping in at 61 um and then I, I always forgot. I had completely forgot last week that Sammy Watkins was on the team because he didn't do anything last week. <laughs> then this what? week, yeah. then it's like, oh wait a minute! Uh, I'm going to catch the ball three times against the Bears for 93 yards. Like uh, Jesus! Uh, it just the the defense just slowly fell apart. They just looked outmanned. Um, they picked on Gordon. You know the rookie. That's they picked man. on him.
0: They picked on him so hard. And we we talked about that last week. We were thinking, you know, just that there were a few – again, there were a few plays against San Francisco that worried me about Kyler Gordon if I was Aaron Rodgers. And sure enough, that was basically their game plan. Besides running the ball down their throat, most of the passes that you saw on, Monday, on Sunday night, Kyler Gordon was either nearby the play or he was directly involved with the play. They picked on him hard. Yes. He basically had a – I mean, I'll, I'll, no sugarcoat. It was a terrible night for him. He, he he could not defend anyone to save his life. Rogers did all he wanted. Sands a few drops against yes. him on on Sunday. It was very clear what they wanted to do.
1: Yeah, and they kept sending different receivers at him. It wasn't just oh, we're going to send Sammy Watkins at you. You know, we're you know Wat, uh, Watson, their rookie, played well. Like these guys just started to step up, which we said, a part of me wishes we played them week one because of how they played. Now that when they have a chance to figure it out a little bit, they look mm-hmm. way better. And you saw it at the beginning of the game, you look at the guys he was throwing to Gordon was there. And then I think he was testing them to see what he was going to do. And he just realized, this is who I'm going to throw at this. who I'm going to attack. And if we can run the football, he's going to have time. Um, there mm-hmm. was times we sacked Rogers. We got to him, um, but we sacked him three times, which is great. Which is yeah. that's pretty good. But then we were giving up plays. It was third and long, I think, later on in the game and when they or was it like second and thirty or second and twenty, something I can't remember. And
0: well they'd have a nice twenty yard screen that got them back from like a second and twenty like a second and twenty eight or something like that. Yeah,
1: they were like near the red zone, but they were backed up and then they do that and they score. So giving up those plays to the Packers puts us in a horrible position. And after that first drive for us on offense, which we look good, I'm sitting there literally going, okay, we're not going to hold Aaron Rodgers to no touchdowns. It's not going to happen. But if we can do that and and have some fun, like, we'll be okay. And then we came back to reality a little bit, and uh, we couldn't push them. We couldn't run. Uh, Justin Fields couldn't throw the ball. Uh, Komet was dropping passes like – the the whole, I remember a tweet from somebody that works for like NFL and talks about the Bears after they won against San Fran. They said, "Who said we didn't have receivers?" Like being all cocky. And I wanted to go find it after this and be like, "Where's the receivers now?" Like,
0: yeah i I don't get it because everyone everyone that are that are fans at least of this team, it's kind of like a split. You either have folks that they're saying it's a heavily underrated unit or you have folks that I think are more realist where it's going, this is an under-talented unit mm-hmm. that really needs to develop. And, look, through two games, you know, we were hyped up that we were going to see Cole Komet and Darnell Mooney take off. They were going to be, you know, these th- these guys that were going to be home, at least game wreckers for the Bears. Now, credit, you know, game flow, and it's up to Justin Fields' decision-making. But so far, you know, Komet and Darnell Mooney have been held to – I believe two catches, and two of those are Darnell Mooney through two games. Mm-hmm. Kmet's dropped him, but there's not much there. Really, honestly, Qu- Quanius St. Brown's been his main target for the most part for Justin Fields, uh, and that's mo- mostly just been with the minimal time they can even get targets. This team doesn't have much, of, really much of a passing game, and you could argue right now it is through two weeks fit credit, through two weeks— they're still a short time it's been the worst passing attack in the nfl mm-hmm. and i'm not fully surprised by that given what was coming in this season you know that is there's room to improve clearly there are uh, there are opponents coming up this month like houston which we'll talk later in another show that will help that but where's mooney and Comet? right Were these guys supposed to be getting numbers by now i mean they should have against San Francisco at least early, and Green Bay was good conditions. So, you know, did Jair Alexander take away Mooney the whole night? Some night, yes, but come on. There's got to be – out there's there's opportunities, clearly, to take advantage of the secondary
1: that Right, they didn't
0: take advantage of.
1: Right. It was a lot of – it was a mixture of things. I am telling you, Justin Fields – I'm telling you, I've said this since they drafted him. He is hit or miss. He is either a great guy to sit there in the pocket, make a couple reads and throw. Then there's times he looks at one read and it's just downhill. I don't. I can't explain it. There's times he's on fire. There's times that he just doesn't see it. Um, the O line broke down a lot because the Packers really showed some weaknesses in the in the O line. It does take mm-hmm. a while for an O line to get adjusted to each other. They're younger. They're you know. Um, Tevin Jenkins coming off that back surgery. We have some injuries up front from guys, like they were expecting things out of Doug Kramer and he got hurt before the season, things like that. Um and I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it up, I think, every time that Maggie and Perloff show where they said, oh, linemen just push people. No, like it takes a while to get adjusted and learn things and yeah. get a, a rhythm at the old line position. Um and like you said, the safety blanket should be comet and he hasn't done anything. Like you said, if Mooney is the guy, you find a way to get open. Like there's a way to get him the football.
0: You know, I thought I had a pretty bad night. I was kind of surprised by Larry Borum had some pretty horrible plays on Sunday night. I mean, there were a few times he got blown up. I was kind of shocked for mm-hmm. given some of the progress he was given and some of the good vibes he was given last season. Really fought for his position during the off season, and I was kind of shocked. There was a few times he got he got either steamrolled or ran by. Um, that I could have expected to be better, um, and the other part of the line that I'm I'm getting more and more confused, or at least they need to get this figured out. Like, do you want do you want Lucas Patrick or do you want Jenkins in? Because they keep flipping them during the game, like they, they're trying. It's almost like they're experimenting mid game. Like that's not the time to do that. Okay, right. like we're two games in. You need to pick one you have you've had a full preseason which by the way if you really needed this you should have been starting some starters in preseason a little longer if you wanted to do this kind of crap because two games in you shouldn't be flipping linemen like this you need to have somebody that you can go to on a consistent basis cuz i don't think that's healthy for what you're trying to do and running an offense on a normal pace because you got to get the guy going okay we got to get what we've we been doing for a few plays no Pick one guy, start with the guy. Right. Honestly, from what I've seen, go with Lucas Patrick and stop effing around with Jenkins. I know he was a high profile draft pick for you, but pick the guy that puts you in the best spot right now. Right. You need to evaluate. You can't be doing it. I I get that's evaluation, but this isn't the time to do that type of evaluation.
1: Right. Like, if Jenkins isn't playing well, then don't put him in. Be like, okay, this other guy's going to go in. He's playing well. Um, we had the whole debacle with Jenkins about trading him in the offseason, so I'm sure that is still lingering somewhere. I know they said it was good, everything's whatever, that's still lingering somewhere. I'm sure the Roquan Smith stuff is lingering somewhere, even though he's going to play, people are cur- critiquing him, but if you're up defensive line up front's not doing their job in a defense then it hurts the linebackers. If the guys up front are holding onto the linemen, not allowing the line to get to the linebackers, they can do what they need to do. If the Packers up front can block you one-on-one, they'll get somebody to the backers, and that's it. That's all she wrote. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then when Aaron Rodgers gets in a rhythm, you can't really pressure him because you have to drop back and make sure he doesn't get – like. it's just a bunch of chess match stuff that you'll lose sometimes against Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, I know Montgomery struggled in the first half. In the second half, they really got him going. That was only, he's the only, like, real shining bright spot. You know, he rushed almost 130 yards, I think. He had 122.
0: He had had almost the same production as Aaron Jones on the opposite side. And, I mean, Mm -hmm. for anything that's credited to Chicago even somewhat being in that game, was. The fi- one of the final drives the Bears had they did they did I think it was like five runs and they got down to the basically the inch line, which is one of the bigger talking points everyone forgets now I, I think in a few days that you know that that drive was started because of the Bears excellent run offense and David Montgomery just being a little con- a little crazy animal of a player that he is that just doesn't stop and wants that extra inch every time. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it it, it seems like the same trade as last year. Like, their run game is their bread and butter. They want to pass if they can, but this team still is better at just saying, we're going downhill, we'll just go, go for the guy in front of you and push him out of the way. Because otherwise, pass game, it's either quarterback can't make the decision right or isn't able to make a timely decision, or eventually a sack comes that is an untimely sack that knocks us out of our flow. Right, cause, because otherwise, Montgomery and Herbert both averaged over eight yards a
1: carry Yeah, on Sunday night. That's yeah. a good run game. Because Justin Fields, 7 of 11 for 70 yards, does not get it done nope. um, at all. They were going nope. three and outs and and not running the ball well. And I told you, Herbert's got to get used more. Four carries and he's getting nine yards a pop. Well, he's also
0: should be – I mean, use your running backs. And we kind of got knocked on it. We knocked on it last week, but even in this case, I guess (laughs) it's kind of weird because, you know, against San Francisco we had talked about how it was all like running backs are the only ones open and maybe you should try and get receivers. But, hey, you know what? If this is how the offensive attack is going to be, yeah, like maybe Herbert should get a few more passing down touches or things. Because apparently the running backs are like the only weapons right now the Bears have that can do anything on a consistent basis without like a broken play to help assist them on getting a catch
1: right because I'm looking at the Packers if you can get Aaron Jones 15 touches and A.J. Dillon 18 touches why can't Montgomery have 15 touches Herbert have 12 touches and then Herbert is in the passing game uh, I think we talked about it way before the season started and I keep I'm going to ha- hammer on put both in the backfield motion Herbert out he can receive and then they have to make a decision okay do we go out with the motion or, do, or are we going to worry about Montgomery running the football Those type Mm -hmm. of things have to start happening because Justin Fields, people were very high on this whole team after the 49ers game. You and I kind of were too from a fan perspective, but we also said, hey, 49ers did not have Jimmy G. If they had Jimmy G, they might have been up 21-3. to And with the storm coming in, the Bears would not have won. It just wouldn't have happened. And Justin Fields looks good running the ball. He makes good decisions when he runs the football, when he makes moves, and he has the one read and all this stuff. And then when he's bad, he's bad. And he's still learning, he's still growing. I get that. But we need to pump the brakes on who he is because you know who he looks like? He looks like Mitch Trebitsky. It's the same thing. Oh, don't
0: say it. Don't say it. <laughs> <laughs> his. his, his. <laughs> bad Steve. Bad. <laughs> But he does. He does. You know what? I'll I'll go on this note, too, because there was one play that I went. That's a Mitch play. And it was, I think, late third quarter. It was Preston Smith. He comes around the edge. It's a bootleg. And, mm-hmm. you know, Preston Smith does a good job. He reads the bootleg and says, okay, it's me one-on-one with Justin Fields. And Fields has a few options here. He can either throw it away. He can try and cut inside and fake out Smith to maybe get, like, an opening on his left side, you know, kind of scramble drill type of setup. Or he does the third option, which Mitch used to do a lot that infuriated me like crazy. He double backs, where he almost does, like, try to do a second bootleg and -hmm. goes farther back down the field, and it ended up him getting sacked by Preston because he tripped on the turf, and Smith just kind of let him fall. And I went, yeah, Mitch does that, or he did that with Chicago a lot. And – I hate seeing it because that just means that, you know, I mean, I I don't know if that just means exactly that we're seeing that, but it just means that it's kind of indecisive. Like maybe it's not getting the right decision-making is what it is. You know, and that was one play, you know, obviously Fields has moments. He can run the ball, okay? When he knows to bail out and run, his legs help him. You know, in these two games, he's had, had a few of those moments even against Green Bay, you know? one of those was being uh was one of those was being almost a touchdown and that was a few inches short on a replay call that eventually led to us complaining about the said coming dis- discussion which we will have but yep clearly he can run but it's weird because yeah there are instances like this in the last year and now two games where I'm like man I hope we aren't seeing the same thing we saw with Mitch where mobile QB that gets a little too cute with his mobility And doesn't make the right choices in the pass game. I mean, even that interception and that in the contest, it was not thrown well. It was, it was, the route was covered pretty decent. He threw it and, you know, DB comes under and makes a pretty reasonable interception. And that really worried me to end the game. It was kind of a footnote, but I was like, I've seen those from him already over a year. And I'm worried that's going to be the case moving forward unless you start giving him some more confidence and getting a pass game that's a little more on time
1: and that's not as anemic right i also think because most nfl teams the quarterback has a safety blanket somewhere where he knows like i can trust at least one person to throw to yeah and right now you would think it's mooney or like commit like you would think it i know commit's not known for pass catching but you well, th- it, it, sh- it should be commit in right. this case you're tight end
0: or or hell Ryan Griffin's gotten more catches than come Make Ryan Griffin your safety net then, one of the two t- tight right. ends like we talked about last week. Right. Should be one of those two then, or the running backs. You have right. four options now.
1: Because, like, even with Mitch, he could throw it to Jimmy Graham, and he could go up and get it. You know, like, he kind of knew going into the red zone, like, okay, at least I have this tall guy that I know I can make this throw to. Um, I just don't want to see Justin Fields turn into – and I know I'm going to take this. Will be sounding weird. Lamar Jackson's very, very good, but Lamar Jackson is also like not the best thrower. But I'm really you know, afraid of that.
0: This is you know that's another that I. That's a good point. Is this uh, that's if you want to do a flip of the coin, you can either have an early stages Lamar Jackson who's still figuring the pass out, but he's got good legs, or you can have a Mitch Trubisky who does have that mobility, but clearly is not getting it (laughs) and Mm -hmm. is they're not either and they could they can use the mobility to their advantage i'm ah that's a good comparison at least early i think early stage lamar jackson because i mean i don't know his passing's improved to me personally um even with that law even with that extremely collapsed loss they had against miami i i think it's improved but
1: yeah he's His mechanics, though, are weird. He's inconsistent with it. And my fear is, though, when you keep running the quarterbacks and you give them one reads, eventually the NFL figures you out. And that's why um, he had that MVP year. And then after that, he's put up okay numbers, but it's never been what that was. Mm -hmm. And he says, NFLs figure you out. Um that type of offense isn't always going to get it done. You'll win games in the regular season and it comes to the playoffs, and they're like, well, now we can really clamp down and getting hurt. Like, if you want to run Justin Fields, that's fine, but we have to be careful how you run him because then he's going to get hurt and all that stuff. Um, that's why I think they'd be smart about it. And then they were with the Packers. He made plays on his own, they roll him out, he makes a decision, that type of stuff. The triple option stuff the Ravens do. Yeah, it works, but it works in college. It works in high school. NFL it works sometimes. Then when you give them time to game plan it and worry about it, and like in the playoffs, they're going to clamp down. Yeah. Um, that's what I compare it to. Um, that, there's a reason why Tom Brady wins. There's a reason why Peyton Manning wins. There's a reason why some of these quarterbacks that don't have to do that stuff win games and win Super Bowls. But another thing those quarterbacks had in common, they had a safety blanket somewhere where they knew they could throw it to them and do something and and we don't um before we talk about justin fields we were optimistic we didn't say they'd win uh none i guess none of us were close in our scores you had 28 20 green bay and i said 28 27 we were off just a hair just a little bit
0: you know it could have been closer to mine if we if we get an extra touchdown uh yes has been beaten to death now the refs are out to, get, to get us and credit there were missed calls. There were some bad missed calls that I did. That I did see there was one holding that on uh Robert Quinn that you know they called it off. It was still a different penalty, but like it was clearly a bear hug. Yes, <laughs> should have oh, been yeah, called yeah. a hold. Yeah, yeah. Um, but look, my my thing with the whole inch line touchdown co- quote unquote controversy, folks, and I talked about this at the bar too. Like there are people like. The place I go to, people lose their minds. Oh, it's a TD. It's like, well, yeah, you you can tell he's right on or ish at the line. But think like a referee for a second. You cannot think like a fan in these instances. I know that it's easy to do, but what are the refs looking for? If they can't see the ball, which some people thought they could. I'm like, where? It's a dark blob area Mm -hmm. you're pointing at. There's no brown football there. If you can't see the ball and they can't diagnose with 100% certainty and I mean like dead certain. If I looked at the picture and right away went, yep, that's a TD. They're not going to call it. And that's what they did. I hate it because for fans, yeah, that's probably a TD. Right. But the NFL has a, has a setup for the referees, and that's how it works. It was not going to be called that way because there's too much crap in between the ball or not enough lighting that you can't tell. Right. You cannot tell 100%, and that's why. You know, I don't think it's as much a controversy. I just think people are upset because they feel it's Green Bay.
1: We get screwed again by Green Bay. Yes, yes. Um, I said the same thing. I'm like, it's a, at first I said, I don't know if it's a touchdown when I first watched the play. Uh, then I saw the review, and I'm like, yeah, that's a touchdown. But like you said, y- you almost can't be mad either way. If they said touchdown because of what they saw, you'd have mm-hmm. to say, okay, it's touchdown. If it's not a touchdown, you have to say, okay, it's not a touchdown. Exactly.
0: Because if they call it a TD, then that flips. Because there's uncertainty there, you get to keep the call on the field. Right. So it sucks because that situation, you really have to hope that the initial call sticks. QB sneaks are so hard to rule because mm-hmm. there's so much garbage. And even with this one being a shotgun, which should have had less, had more visibility, it still ended up that Fields ran into, of course, the biggest blob of people that then let. And I'm not blaming him for screwing that call up. No one should. That's That'd be ridiculous. I'm just saying that the uncertainty was there because there's bodies bodies mess up replay calls every single time
1: I also said we deserve not to have that touchdown pass or that touchdown because of the fact we went to shotgun on the inch line and try to run him from like three yards away
0: that that's the bigger sin isn't it yes that's the bigger sin you have a goal line package use the goal line package why do we have why is it that we're transitioning from the Nagy era and Luke Getzzi's running Matt Nagy-esque like big oh. brain plays. Oh, I've got it. There's no way they're gonna bite. There's no way that they'll be setting up and know it's a run if I run it in shotgun formation with four wide. Dude, just run. Just put. Just put like nine people in the in the line, and just run it straight up their throat. Or like, or I think as you talked in pre in pre discussion before we jumped on.
1: Don't you have David Montgomery who got you down there in the first place? Yes, that whole drive. Who got us down there? It was Montgomery and that offensive line. So you can't tell me that you couldn't have thought of this. Let's put extra linemen in there. Let's put extra tight ends in there. You have Justin Fields who can run. They have to worry about him to the edge and do some type of where he turns around to hand it off. And if he, like, just something, like, you couldn't have handed it off.
0: Yeah, I, I'd be more – people should be more upset about the shotgun snap rather than the ruling on that on that play because that, that doesn't come up to me if you run it straight down their throat in a normal fashion.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's I, I, so why I said, like, when they said it wasn't a touchdown, I walked away from it to go to bed, and I'm like, we deserve that because mm-hmm. you went college-type thing to go four yards away, get the ball and have him run four yards as a quarterback – to try to score. Now, I know, mm-hmm. I know. He should have done the Tom Brady thing and stuck the ball out. He should have done all that. I understand it, but he's also a second year guy, new system. But <laughs> come on. Like, give it to Montgomery, the big, thick leg running back we have, and just like plow through them and get it and get the touchdown. I don't get it.
0: Pretty much. That's all I can say. You just got be, to be smarter than that, you know, and I think. As a fan, look—you're frustrated because you already saw cute, cute play calls are what led to this era change. Anyway, it, I think it, a lot of that and the discipline. Now, the discipline portion, I think Eberflus has done a great job. Even through two games, they're still really good at at limiting the penalties through this through this beginning of the season. But the cute play calling, Luke Getze, come on, man! Like it should be yeah. pretty simple. Don't just if you have to use bread and butter, use the bread and butter. If it works, do it. You know, don't get too far. Don't go and try and outgame yourself.
1: No. Which then led to Justin Fields after the game, when the reporters asked him about, you know, the fans and how this hurts the fans, and he had some comments, and uh, people had some thoughts. Wonder if we can hear this, or if I'll get in trouble. But I really don't Should care. Be able to hear it. I really don't care. I mean. it it hurts more in the locker room than the Bears fans I mean because at the end of the day they're not putting in any work Um, I see the guys in the locker room every day I see how much work they put in so I mean, so he said that uh so I heard that and I said okay and then I read a lot of people get mad about it and I thought about it again and I was like yeah you're right we should be mad and I said, I see both sides of this. Um, mm-hmm. I see the side that he's saying because they're going to practice every day. They're film studying. their Their lives are crazy. Now they make the money, so I don't. Know, I don't feel too bad for them when they say they have to work hard. They make lots of money, um, but they put in a lot of hard work that we don't see. There's game planning. The coaches on them. Um, they have families at home. They worry about just like every other person in the world. Um, But I also think that he could have said that a lot different. Because now you're going to piss off the fans who their money goes to you. I think he could have just said it different. He could have said, we feel bad for the fans because we want this for the fans. We want this for the city. And I feel super bad for my teammates because they put in all this hard work that we just didn't get it done. I think that would have been a better way to phrase that. He let his little emotions... Kind of fill into that.
0: Uh, I don't know, man. I, I think that, I think if you're, this is where I'm looking at it from a fan. Look, I think it's just a bunch of fans getting frustrated that it's been years on years of just waiting um, for something to change. For the most part, they, they want. I mean, 2018 was such a. It seems like it's only four years ago, but or but it's such a, feels like such a long time after watching the last three. And I think you add on the fact that it's not just local media, but I think national media that have been hyping up Justin Fields left and right. This is the guy. He's going to break it out. Every small nugget of progress is a big, oh, God, Mm -hmm. he's here. And so when it doesn't happen, and, of course, he's got to make a comment. And, you know, he made a comment here. I'm not going to knock him fully because, you know, he's not wrong. They do put in more work. You know, they are – they are the ones in the trenches after all Mm -hmm. Um, from the fan side. I'll give them a little honorable mention type of clause because yeah, sure. Technically the fans, as I've seen some people, yes, the fans buying in, watching the games and doing all that. They are in theory paying for player salaries and coaches salaries and all that. But I'm going to lean more players because yeah, the work is definitely more on the players. Uh, That's not even a question. Like, I'm, I'm a numb Bears fan that, have bought a, that has bought a jersey and watches the games. I'm never going to sit there drinking my old style and going, yep, I'm definitely putting in more work than these guys getting their asses kicked on uh, Sundays and having to listen to national and local media rip them to shreds if they lose. So, yeah, going to definitely give the players more than not. I see why fans are upset on that comment because it's a feels kind of like a cocky QB mm-hmm. that doesn't have enough of the street cred to say that comment yet. But, yeah, no, players still get the win on that comment. I, I completely agree that's the truth he put out there. It's just that he hasn't – I don't think he's done enough on the field for him to get the street cred from fans to justify the said comment is why people are getting pissy about it.
1: Well, drinking old style, though, takes a lot of work, though. So I do appreciate I mean, I mean, that.
0: I mean, look, it's it's a slow burn. You know, I, I, it's, it's a standard mm. slow burn, though. And it helps. It's really the challenge is so that you can minimize the sadness of how this of how this has been for the last three seasons. Right, that's really the challenge right now. It's really been two seasons in like a two game spread. You know, things could change. They still have a win. You know, could be
1: zero and two right now. Right, especially because you know? Jimmy G was back for the Forty Nineers and looked pretty good when he feel bad for Trey Lance, but when he came in, I'm telling people they're well, they're way better. <laughs>
0: It makes you wonder if Jimmy Garoppolo would have been in that game if things were a little different, at least in the beginning. Like, if he was in the beginning, maybe some things aren't mistakes and maybe they knock it out, or penalties, but penalties still. I don't know. Nonetheless, uh, yeah, I'm taking his comment as saying, no, he's telling the truth. It's just that he hasn't had the street cred to get respect from the fans, unfortunately, to where they won't get angry is, I guess, my justification for the fans, which is still kind of piss poor, but that's the best I can give them. Right. Eh,
1: and no. because it was the Packers, if this was a different team, maybe it wouldn't be taken that way. Maybe like, okay, won the Packers. Yeah, We're that's probably see. the other part of it too. And again, I think it's just the way he said it. I think it was just immediate like this. If you would have just phrased it a little differently and ended with how hard they work, I think fans would be like, okay. Um, I was going to show this anyway. Matt Nagy, welcome.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's hmm? so true though. He probably was sitting at home like I would have called that.
1: He, I, that was, I I tweeted it. I said, is Matt Nagy calling plays is what happened. I was like, is, is this happening? Like, I'm having deja vu. I'm having PTSD. It was,
0: it was, it was such a naggy move to do that. Like, that, that's what worries me with Getzy through two weeks is that there's these moments right now where it's... It's almost... Actually, this is how I look at it, is he'll have these moments where he wants to run his game plan, which right now through two games has been, I guess... Trying to run the pass in in the pocket with very mi- minimal bootleg, funny enough, or RPO. Where the hell's the RPO, actually? Mm-hmm. Funny, that that's another question. Aaron Rodgers ran more RPO on Sunday night than, <laughs> than Chicago did. Yep. And pe- what have fans been wanting? RPO. Where's yep. the RPO, Luke Getsey? You were with Green Bay. Clearly, they use it. Where the hell's the RPO, dude? The
1: a part of me thinks that either they can't do it, or they're keeping things very, like... To me, it doesn't look simple because we're not producing, but it's almost like to a point where they're like, Nope, this is what we're doing. We're not expanding it, we're rebuilding here, we're not doing this. I don't know. Maybe they just can't do it. No idea.
0: I mean, maybe. I guess. I, I, that That helps with the timing, that's why I'm saying, like quick bang bang throws or you know misdirect and when you have such a good run offense rpo's great for throwing defenses off the hook if you are
1: expecting a run and you're creeping people down into the box or if you have two running backs that kind of helps too but what do i know about anything i don't know maybe they'll experiment
0: more against houston because they'll have at least a little bit better of a draw which we'll talk about that but i eh, i I, I'm, i'm washing my hands this game um I was going and expecting a loss and hoping for at least a close-ish contest. And, you know, it was about what I expected, I guess, in the realistic sense. Green Bay is a better team. it's It has veteran leadership. It has guys that are more superstar than Bears offensive players. And defensively, Chicago still needs pieces to stick with the big boys.
1: Yeah, there was just, again, to kind of end on it, the Bears always give us hope. They had hope in the first drive. They went back to being the Bears. And then at the end, we had hope. If they would have scored and, you know, made it, what was it, 24 to 14 at the time or whatever it was going to be, 27-14, there would have been an opportunity to, to do something, and they didn't. Um, but mm-hmm. like you said, we didn't pick the Bears to win. We just thought it would be closer, and it kind of shows a lot of weaknesses, and it puts Green Bay back on track a little bit. Um, but, yeah, that I think that's that's the end of that Uh they move on to to houston which we'll have another episode to talk about uh versus the white bearded wonder old bears coach of lovey smith reunion time
0: reunion time
1: reunion time going against the tampa two reunion time for the bears reunion time for me because he coached the illinois fighting illini for a few years so a little reunion um anything else about the bears packers i think we're done like you said we're just kind of done yeah, I'm, I'm wiping
0: my hands. I you can only say so much about a another Aaron Rodgers law, another Green Bay Packers uh, win against Chicago. And it's typical Rodgers, twenty three and five since he's been in Green Bay. So, and apparently, fun little nugget I learned by the way on Sunday Night Football. His best passer rating that he has against any team is against Chicago. Cool, cool. And he plays them most of all throughout his career. Think about that. Just think about that. Take that home with you. I don't know. Throw it to. Throw it into your mental. Into your mental closet. <laughs> you can bring it out later. Next time we play him in Soldier Field.
1: Cool, cool. That's awesome. Great. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> cool. From awesome. old school. Awesome. Sweet. That's that's, so, that's fantastic. Now you need an old style. Need an old style after that. <laughs> it would taste better than watching that. You and me both. I, I... <laughs> oh God. Bring Houston. Bring all right. us Houston. Bring us Houston. All right. Now I'll wrap up this episode. Again, I need to start doing this at the beginning. Check out Zach's other podcasts, USFL, Inside the Walls, all that good stuff. Um, one day Gridiron Gallery will come back because I'll make them. I'll just tweet it every day. There you go. <laughs> one day. Every- <laughs> one day it will. <laughs> Check all that out. Um, and I think that's it. So, Zach, thanks for coming back. Uh, we'll have a Bears versus Houston preview coming out um until then well this is the bear sadness minute with zach and steve Um, we'll see you guys next time lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office